Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is A Message from End Time Theologians. A Message from End Time Theologians. We're going to talk today about what the prophets are saying about the day and age that we're living in right now. Every pastor, every minister, for that matter, every child of God, has a primary passion. For some, it's a passion over a message of hope or a message of reconciliation, a message of prosperity. If you listen to a pastor 15 times in a row, you will know exactly what they are most passionate about very, very quickly. For me, in full transparency, I have become addicted to physical healing. I love to see a person's blind eyes open. Uh, I love to see somebody's deaf ears open. We've had that so many times here at Celebration Church. We don't even know how many ears have opened. Can you push it? We don't even know. We have no idea. I love to see a person come back with scans from their doctor saying my cancer is gone. I am, I am addicted to seeing God heal people. But to equal importance, maybe even to a higher importance, I love seeing the saints do the work of the ministry. I love this here about you guys praying for people and seeing miracles. Uh, I have someone in my life group that came to me and said, I have to talk to you. And he said, I prayed over my mom. She was in her deathbed and he showed me pictures. She was a just skin on bones was all that was left of her. I could see all the monitors around her in the in the mask, the oxygen mask. She had just hours to live. Then he showed me a picture of 48 hours later, and she was completely healthy, laughing, strong, gained weight. She had makeup on and her nails did. It was, it was beautiful. I love hearing the stories about saints that say, hey, if John 14, 12 says, anyone who believes shall do the works that I have done, I am in the anyone category and they begin to call on God and see miracles happen that's what that's what excites me but although we have a primary passion we must remain humble enough to learn from others otherwise our pride will keep us from growing we are all nervous to embrace things that we do not understand. But ignorance has an eternal consequence. If you've ever driven down the road a little bit faster than what you probably should have. And the cop pulls you over. What's the first thing he says real loud? Oh, all of you guys are acting like it's never happened before. What's the first thing he says to you? Let me hear it. 
exactly. Do you know how fast you were going? And some of us say, I know exactly how fast I was going. And I meant to do it. I'm in a rush. Can we make this quick? And then others of us are, I have no idea. And if you have said, I have no idea, he doesn't look at you and go, oh, my bad. I didn't know that you didn't know what the speed limit was. I didn't know that you were ignorant of the law. By all means, carry on. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that because ignorance of the law doesn't exclude us from the law. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. You sound good. Say yes. yes. Ignorance does not disclude us, or if I'm saying that right, it, we still have to follow the law. And so when prophets come along, or end time theologians come along. Although we don't all the way understand what they are talking about. We have to give them grace. And the reason why. Is there's a scripture in the Bible. I wasn't planning on mentioning it. But I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 7. I'm almost certain you can look it up for yourself. But it says this. For now... We know in part, and we prophesy in part. In other words, we don't know all of what's going on. We are only catching glimpses of what's going on. And the prophets and the theologians for the last days, they study this over and over. In Luke chapter 21 verse 7, it says this, uh, six and seven, the apostles looked at Jesus when he was talking about the last days and, and they said this, what sign shall we look for to know that these things, the last days, are about to happen? What signs? Now, we have to remember that a sign is not there to tell us what is happening right now. A sign is there to tell us what is coming. Are you with me? Say yes. Let me give you a few examples, some street signs. Um, this sign, this, if you've seen this sign before, you know that that's not happening right now. That's what's coming up. Are you with me? Uh, show the next sign. Uh, this is, you could be on a straightaway and see this sign and look at the sign and say, that's a false sign. Look, I'm on a straightaway. A sign is an indication of what's to come. Here's a, another sign. This is a sign that we all ignore. Are you with me? Say yes. When you see a sign like this, you think to yourself, you're telling me not to make a U-turn, but I am going the wrong way. I'm going this way. I need to go that way. So you look around and turn that baby around. It's common to see signs and say, I'll follow that one, I'll acknowledge that one, but that one does not apply to me. It doesn't apply to me. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. It doesn't apply. But what are the signs that are in Scripture and the signs that prophets are talking about that maybe we have become numb to? Bump somebody and say, he's about to talk to you. You already know this. Just bump and say, he's about to talk to you. 
He's talking, he's about to talk to you. In, in Luke chapter 21, and if you ever want to unpack this further, a great place to start is Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, Daniel chapter 11, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and obviously every single chapter in the book of Revelation. But in Luke chapter 21, uh, around 9 and 10, it says this, that there will be famines, that there will be panic, that these things will be taking place. Let's talk about famines. Uh, uh, I have always thought that a famine is when there is no food for people to eat. And the term famine itself is so ancient. Especially for the Western world. It's so ancient. But I want to push back on that thought and say that a famine does not necessarily mean that there is no food. It means that there is not enough food. And you say, well, that would never happen here. I, I, I think unless you were hiding under a rock about six months ago, uh, you've seen pictures like these where there is no bread on the t- uh, in the shelves. There is no meat. And we've all seen this. And we just thought, well, any minute it's going to turn around. It's going to turn around. Well, maybe so. Um, but let's take a look at the next thing. That, that there are uh, literal sickness that's supposed to cover the earth. Uh, let me... Uh, show you a picture of of this. This is people wearing masks because of a little something called COVID-19. These are uh, are things that that the Bible has prophesied would happen. This is a global pandemic. And, And then there's this whole panic that's arising through the country right now. Um, it, let me show you what's happening just this week or last week. Look at the gas lines. There's not enough gas. There's bumper to bumper no gas. It, it, it's, this, this actually happened in North Carolina. Uh, somebody cut in line and they got out of their car and there was a fight in the gas station. This is, this has become so common for us that we don't even talk about it anymore. A global pandemic going on is the same time as global panic at the same time as a famine and they're just overlapping each other. We don't even talk about this stuff. Uh, but to take it a step further, we can look at uh, what scripture is that? Matthew chapter 12, verse 27. It says, all of creation shall be shaken and stirred. All of creation. Um, just a few years ago in 2017, I drove a boat to my father's front door. Um, go ahead and, and show this. Is, that's my, my mother-in-law. And I picked her up. It's Hurricane Harvey. It was three years ago. Some of you may say it was three years ago, Frankie. What about Hurricane Laura that hit Los, uh, uh, Louisiana? 
the greatest hurricane in the history of Louisiana. Keep in mind, Louisiana is in the Gulf of Mexico. Those of us who live in the Gulf of Mexico, we have hurricane season. We have spring, summer, fall, winter, hurricane season. In the history of Louisiana, it's the largest, most powerful hurricane to ever hit. Uh, And then let's just take another step forward. Um, The fires that are happening in Los Angeles. A buddy of mine took a picture who lives in Los Angeles. He took a picture of it and said, Frankie, please pray for my city. I love my city so much. You, You look at this and it's like, this looks like hell. This looks like, just give me some license. This looks like the last days, my goodness. But we just brush it off. We say, it's a global pandemic. Okay, I got it. It's, it's fires. The whole, all of creation is being shaken and stirred. Yeah, I got it. There's flood. I got it. Entire cities are, I got it. I know people have been saying this forever. Yes, they have been saying this forever because the spirit of the Lord keeps an urgency in our soul. But let me ask you, when was the last time in human history where the gap between these tragic events have gotten so small and they now overlap each other and now it's a way of life? Has that ever happened before? At the same time, our beloved Israel... Keep this in in Luke chapter 21 verses uh, 9 through 12. You can read about this. But it says, during the last days, Jerusalem will be surrounded. Let's remind ourselves what is happening right now in Israel. Right now. Uh, This is the Iron Dome of Israel that we've all seen. These are rockets being shot towards Israel and Israel intercepting them in the air. I want to say if you have been playing poker with God, in other words, I am going to get serious about him at the last possible second. And in the meantime, I'm just going to enjoy my life. Congratulations, you have made it. This is the last second. You say, I've heard this before. Let's just listen to. Feel free to clap anytime. It's very encouraging. This is what the the prophets are saying. They say, last days, last days, the last days actually started on May the 14th, 1948 actually started on that day. This is something that for those of us who have said, ah, last days have been going on forever and ever and ever. But if you listen to the prophets and the theologians of the last days on how they study it, they say on May the 14th, 1948 was the exact day that Israel claimed their independence and became a nation. And if you read... Joel chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, you'll see that that is the beginning of prophecy of the last days. So if you do the math, 
You say 2021 minus 1948. We're 73 years into the last days. Why is that significant? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 25. When you see these things happening, this generation shall not pass away. We are coming down the home stretch. So for those of you who are like, okay, I got a question. How long is a generation? I just need to know how much time I have. I know what you're thinking. I Googled the same thing. Let's just know this, that according to these prophets, according to these theologians, the next great event that is supposed to happen is the rapture of the church. It's the next one. Now, for those of you that I haven't quite convinced yet, let's just say this. There's something in the Bible called the Gog and Magog War. Now, Gog is the leader of Russia. Magog is Russia itself. So when it says the Gog and Magog War, it's like the leader of Russia and Russia. The Gog and Magog War is when Russia, which the Bible calls the king of the north, invades Israel. Now, when is that supposed to happen? Well, it's while the king of the south has already invaded Israel. Who's the king of the south? The king of the south is an Arab and African army that have blended like a, a two joint military forces that have come together. Arab nations and African nations that have come together and invaded Israel. They come from the south. That's kind of happening right now. Those, that's the picture that I showed you. And so when does the Gog and Magog war happen? It's while the king of the south comes into Israel and they begin to overtake Israel and it appears that they are winning and all of a sudden the king of the north comes down and overtakes them all. So the rapture of the church is supposed to happen around the time of the Gog and Magog war. It may happen just moments before or moments after. And don't get caught up in the word moments. It could be days, could be weeks, could be months. Don't get caught up in that. But the king of the south is already invaded. The king of the north is all we're waiting on for that Gog-Magog war. And the rapture of the church is supposed to take place then. So what is the state of the union that we're living in right now? Well, everyone seems to be falling into four categories. Number one, they are just completely discouraged. They get discouraged very easily. This is in Matthew chapter 23, verses 20 through 25, where it talks about how the seed goes out and lands on hearts. But because they do not have deep roots, the moment they have trouble, they fall away. Have you ever met a Christian that's on fire for God, loves God, but the minute they have trouble, they're gone for months. And you go, what in the world happened to them? 
It's low, shallow roots. They can handle good times. They just can't handle hard times. They fall away. What is the state of the union? Many are discouraged. Number two, many are deceived. They sincerely believe that everything is fine and okay, but they're living a deceived life. Completely deceived. All these scriptures are coming to my mind. I, I got to slow down and pick one. And many are, are in darkness. Totally in darkness. And they think this whole thing is a bunch of baloney. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 it says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are lost. Blah, 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 Frankie, blah, 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 blah. Church is good for some people. I'm really happy it's working for you. Blah, 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 blah. You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 13 verse 13? It says, because you belong to the day. You ever notice sin happens at night? Adultery happens at night. Murders happen at night. Fornication happens at night. Parties happen at night. Nobody gets invited to a, a drunken stupor uh, at one in the afternoon. Parties happen at night. And the Bible says in Romans thirteen thirteen it says this, because you belong to the day, you should be sleeping at night. That's not what it says. That's the international version. <laughs> but it says this. Because you belong to the day, do not participate in the darkness. And then it says what the darkness is. It says wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, immoral living, quarreling, jealousy. That's the darkness. Do not participate in the darkness. And then there's another, another category where it's people who are sincerely I already talked about this deceived, but I want to give you a scripture to support it. In second Timothy chapter three, verse five, it says many people will have a form of godliness, but will forsake the power that can truly make them godly. In other words, don't preach to me. Don't preach to me. God, I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Don't worry. I'm okay. This is the state of the union. But then there's this fourth category. There's a remnant of the church. And I'm very excited about this. Because in Joel chapter 2. It says this, that in the last days, he will pour his spirit on all people. Why is that significant? Because if you study revival history like I have, and many of you have studied it far deeper than I have. Revival history has a bonfire in each generation. The great awakening, the first great awakening, the second great awakening, the third great awakening. Some believe that there were seven great awakenings. Then the Azusa Street. Pensacola. But these are in places. In spots. But in the book of Joel, he says this. 
In the last days, I will pour my spirit on all people. In other words, all people. Not in Canada. Not in London or in Florida. No, 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 no. All people. And that's why in Romans chapter 11, verse 5, it says, At this present moment, I am raising up a remnant. A remnant, let me tell you, a remnant worships together in the house of God. A remnant prays together at a prayer meeting. A remnant fleshes out their own ministry gifts at coffee shops and in their house. A remnant will be found busy. 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 Is anyone part of the remnant? You're found busy. For those of you in the room that you say to yourself, my goodness, Frankie, I am like, if, if walking with God is like grade school, first grade to, to 12th grade, I'm in the first grade. I don't know up from down. I don't know the difference between Abraham and Moses, to be real honest with you. You're freaking me out. I've got great news for you. You're probably much further along than we are because... Humility is God's favorite. It's God's favorite. Humble people come before God in a different way. Humble people come before God and say, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know where to start. My life is a wreck. It's all smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. God, I don't even know where to start. The most wonderful thing about God is you go from feeling distant to intimate with one word. One word. The moment you say out loud, and this is why hell will tell you you're so far away, you'll have to fast for 190 days and you still won't be close to God. So don't even say it. One word. Well, can I just think it? One word. Open your mouth and say, Jesus. Watch what happens. One word. Part of the enemy tries to lock your jaws up and make God a spectator sport. Church, a spectator sport. You watch it. You're entertained by it. You acknowledge it. But you don't say it because hell has put a lock on your jaw. But if you can get the word Jesus out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. You will go from feeling distant to close in a moment. In a moment. And I am not here this morning. To try to get an urgency in the air so that you will be ready to go to heaven. That is not my primary goal. My primary goal is for you to say to yourself, this is my moment. This is my moment. It's time for me to start praying. Most husbands don't like to pray around their wives, including me, believe it or not. 
Because these thoughts come to my mind like, oh, you're just trying to look holy. Or, she knows the real you, don't even pretend. (laughs) Whatever thought keeps you and I from worshiping, from praying, whatever keeps us, just know this, if it's keeping you from praying, it's a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy because the moment you say Jesus, and sometimes your prayer will just be Jesus, 79 words in a row. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's not a better prayer you can pray. There's really not. If you come from a Catholic background and you've memorized 79 prayers, let me just tell you, the name Jesus over and over again is better than all 79 of those prayers. So let's not make it complicated. Are you with me? Let's not make it complicated. Let me show you an example of when a person in the congregation just decides to take a risk and believe that God will use them. Take a look at this. Cuando tomé la decisión de que orara por mí, porque eh, soy una persona que tenía eh, ansiedad, mucha, mucho estrés, eh, problemas emocionales, a veces me siento así un poco abrumada. Y bueno, eh, cuando me preguntaron que si quería que oraran por mí, obviamente lo acepté. Y bueno, cuando Sabrina empezó, en el minuto uno y me tocó, yo sentía un dolor antes de que orara por mí, así en la espalda, aquí, en mi espalda, constantemente, cuando estoy muy estresada, tengo mucha ansiedad, me da, mi corazón empieza a agitarse, a acelerarse y me cuesta un poco respirar, eso es debido a la ansiedad, más que todo en la noche y el dolor ahí. Cuando Sabrina empezó a orar por mí, inmediatamente en el minuto, en el minuto, no, en los primeros segundos, ese dolor yo ya no lo sentía. O sea, de sentir esto, se me fue, se fue. En ese momento sentí mucho frío en mis manos, en mi cuerpo que me recorría desde mis manos, mis brazos hasta mis pies. Y cuando terminamos, o sea, me sentí otra persona, o sea, ya no había dolor. Apenas arrepentó y me quitó. Gracias a Dios. You know, my my favorite moment of that video is at the very end when she puts her hands over her face. I'll tell you, I don't know how old you are. I don't know how many vacations you've taken. I don't know how many sights you've seen that you've just backed up and said, wow, that's amazing. There is no moment 
And there is nothing more amazing than looking into the eyes of a person whose life just changed right before your eyes. There's nothing more wonderful than that. It is, it is my greatest desire that every single one of you will one day look into someone's eyes and see their whole life change because they were just touched by the Spirit of the Lord. And then I pray to God that it ruins you to where it's the only thing you dream about. All of us have to go to work and punch in 40 hours, some of you 50 hours, some of you 70 hours, some of you work more than you sleep. And I understand it's part of life. But don't let work crowd out your calling. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. I'd like our prayer partners to come down. Prayer partners, listen to me for a second. I think that video of seeing a prayer partner pray for someone I think this is a perfect moment for the congregation to see someone else other than the pastor move in a word of knowledge. And so if you have one, maybe two or three of you, I want you to come on the stage and I want you to share it. For those of you that are in the congregation, you're like, what exactly is a word of knowledge? A prophetic word is is what... God is going to do. It's, it's a sign of what he's going to do. A word of knowledge is having the knowledge of what God wants to do right now in this moment. Now in full transparency, there are times, prayer partners just come on the stage. There are times where you don't know if it's God or if it's yourself. It's a very scary moment. I was praying last Thursday and I started having these these thoughts that I believe are from God and so I started typing them in my phone and I'm going to share them right now but in full transparency it's scary it's scary I'm glad you're here is there another prayer partner that has a word of knowledge BB you have a word of knowledge come up here Get, provoke it and if, if God doesn't give you anything by the time you come up here then then you can sit down. And you too. Come on up. You got 30 seconds to hear from God. <laughs> and if you don't have one, just say, by the time I get to you, look, I'm not hearing from God at all. I'm going back down there. People appreciate the honesty. But I'm scared to share what I feel God gave me because in that moment was I just talking to myself was God talking to me and here's another layer of honesty I don't know if God spoke to me or not and so I'm purposely bringing prayer partners up here because I have confidence that at least one of them has heard from God just in case I didn't 
And how do we know if we really heard from God or not? Well, one of you will raise your hand and say, you're talking about me. And if nobody raises their hand, that means we didn't hear from God. We were talking to ourselves. But if they raise their hand and they come down here, the probability of that person being healed, I'd put all the money I have on it. That's the experience we've had over the last three years. Now, let me talk to all of you that are online right now. You guys are the audience that, that really stretches my faith because when I'm standing in this room and I share a word of knowledge and no one puts their hand up, I own it and say, hey, everybody, I missed it because it's important for me to own it in front of the people that are here. But we get testimonies every single week, emails that say, Pastor Frankie, you didn't miss it. You were talking to me. So even though I own it and I look at everybody and say, I'm sorry, it was me talking to me. If you're sitting in your room, you go, you didn't miss it. You're talking to me. Just put your hands out right there and receive it and email us and tell us the testimony. It will be very encouraging. So I'm going to go real quick. Where'd my phone go? I'm going to name off. Does someone have a hole in their inner ear on the right side? If it's you, just come right out of your seat and come down here. Don't even raise your hand. Just come out of your seat. The only thing that's going to happen, sometimes it's the visitor that's been here one time and they go, I ain't going down there. All I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my microphone off and I'm going to pray with you. That's it. So nothing crazy. A hole in your inner ear on the right side. And then I I saw in my mind's eye, just imagine I saw this picture of an x-ray of someone's lungs and it was their left lung that they need a miracle. And then, I don't know if it's arthritis or what, but in your right hand. And then is there a middle-aged gentleman who had an incident and ever since that incident you've been having seizures and then here's the very last one again just come right out of your seat I see people coming out of their seat which is beautiful come right out of your seat is there someone in middle school does someone here have a child who's in middle school that's having asthma issues if so come down here I want to I know who you are and I want to pray for you now, this is the moment of truth. This is the moment where I find out if I'm talking to myself. So if I, if I talk to you and you don't come down here, um, it's a bummer. <laughs> what is it? Real quickly. Inner ear? Okay. A hole in your inner ear on the right? Not on the left, on the right. A hole in your inner ear. Your left lung, COPD. Is that the only two I got? Are the other ones I missed it? Someone's coming down. What is it? Or your right hand? Arthritis in your right hand? Yes, what is it? Arthritis in both. A middle-aged gentleman who had an incident... And now he's having seizures. Did I miss that? 
Hey, can you quiet her down? Quiet her down. The Lord might be touching her, and so I don't want to shut her down because the Lord might be touching her. But I also don't want her to be a distraction. So just hear what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm torn. Is there a middle-aged gentleman that's having seizures because, due to an incident? An incident to his head. A middle school that has asthma? A middle schooler? Did I miss it? All right, they need a microphone. Go ahead. So I believe that someone, whoever it is, and I think it's a gentleman, um, is having problems with their thyroid, and they attend the adult discipleship training. I appreciate the brevity of the word, how quick you're getting to it, and the specificity. Is there a gentleman in adult discipleship? There's usually about 150 who's struggling with thyroid. Come out of your seat real fast, otherwise we just assume we miss it, and that's fine. We're, we're just human. Cindy or Cynthia um, and it was pain just overall pain um, and then another person I don't have a name but um, like the right-sided abdominal pain it's, it comes and goes but right-sided ab- abdominal pain okay lean lean into that Cynthia ask God to tell you what it is see if he tells you So, Holy Spirit told me that you're very worried about migraines. You've been having headaches, and you're worried that it's severe migraines. Okay. That's really, really general. So, a lot of people here have had migraines. We've all had migraines. So, let me know if you get something a little bit more specific than that. I believe there's someone here who is receiving cancer treatment from MD Anderson or... Uh, we'll be starting cancer treatment. I feel like God is going to heal you. Cancer treatment from MD Anderson. I appreciate you. It's scary to get specific. It's scary to get specific. All right, come down here if if that's any one of you. Otherwise, we're going to assume we missed it. Yeah. You're getting cancer treatment from MD Anderson. Anyone else come down? Caleb is in middle school and he's suffering for asthma. Okay. Is he in the building? Okay. Why did you come down? Arthritis. Did anyone else come down? BB, let me know if anything else comes to you. And uh, Anything else? No? What is it? There you go. You're fighting, concerned about your migraines. You think it's something worse than that. Whoever prayed for you, uh, John, over here, come down here as the prayer partner. We've taken a lot of time doing this, but um, we'll do one more, and then we're just going to sing and worship. I'm getting a feeling of numbness through the neck, the back. Anybody having that right now? Numbness. Is that anyone? Now, for those of you in the room that you're like, this place is crazy. 
I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm in your position and my position at the same time. This place is crazy. You guys are just guessing. Look, we're trying to get as specific as we possibly can. And if there's no testimonies next week, if nobody's raising their hand, if nobody's being healed, then it's all a bunch of baloney. But if people are raising their hands, if people are getting healed and we have testimonies on the screen, at a certain point you have to say to yourself, God, help me believe. Help me believe. Help me. Help me. As the pastor, I'm so glad nobody has left yet. As the pastor, I ask myself, just five days ago, I thought, God, am I just making this stuff up? I'm the pastor. And the thought came back to me, are people being healed? Yes or no? So battling with doubt is not an indication that you're some hard-hearted sinner. It means that you're a cognitive thinker like I am. That's what it means. And so you just say to the Lord, God, if it's real, help me. And leave it at that. But the last thing you want to do is to assume that God does not get involved and He doesn't speak to His children. And to assume that healings don't take place. Don't go there. Don't go there. Let's all raise our hands. You can leave anytime you want, but before you leave, if you need a prayer partner to pray with you so that you can give your life to the Lord, you need to pray about your marriage, your finances, or you just want to stand here and just sing one time through before anybody goes home. Let's just worship Him. No official dismissal. I love you all so much. 